Welcome to Seasonal Awakening. My name is Forrest Daniel Dwyer, and I run this podcast. <laughs> Alongside me is my faithful servant, Kimberly <laughs> Jacobson. <laughs> You're the worst. And it is our pleasure to announce that we have Sarah Davidson Flanders on the podcast today. Yeah. Sarah is an incredible yoga and meditation teacher, and it was a treat to talk with her. I think this conversation is um, is really valuable for a couple of reasons. We Let me hear them. Oh, okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, we dive into, I think, these t- two ways of looking at the yogic path, which I think becomes a topic of conversation for many people who start to dive into a, a deeper form of spirituality mm-hmm. or yoga. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking about the difference between a renunciate path versus the householder path. And so how can we take all these ancient practices and then bring them into a lifestyle with family and maybe children and working in a modern world or in a westernized society? So I I really, really love this conversation. She talks a little bit about how we can use yoga to live our entire life with this like feeling of fullness, which is, Mm. is really cool. And then Sarah's also just an amazing person. We talk a little bit about some of the work she does in the community. Mm-hmm. She she gives back um, endlessly and, and hosts many community programs, especially in Providence, uh, Rhode Island. So it's a pleasure to talk to her. Um, enjoy. If you like any of the podcasts we do, it'd be really awesome if you leave a review and like yeah. us and send we us a note. We would love that so Say much. Hello. Say hello. Um, and enjoy. And thanks again to our friend Malachi for the use of his single, The Woods. The Woods. Providence, Rhode Island, in the All That Matters studio. So you might hear a little traffic and city life. Um, but thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yay. <laughs> Excited <laughs> to be here. Um, there's a lot for us to talk about with you. But let's start with um, you're an am- amazing yoga teacher and you've, you've dove into meditation and we kind of just had a discussion about meditation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you were trained in i don't want to say this name wrong is it mila mila kantha yeah mila kantha meditation meditation. Mm -hmm. and you've been practicing meditation for a long time Mm -hmm. and you have kind of a wild story in terms of getting into meditation and then going in down a path of being a little bit more like renouncing renunciation meditation and and switching your path a little bit so i was hoping maybe you could fill us in on like how that got started Mm -hmm. and um we can we can jump down that rabbit hole all right. That sounds <laughs> fun. Okay. Start real light, you know. Super <laughs> easy. Okay. <laughs> um, so I kind of fell a little bit into meditation. Um, I was sharing that I got a, um, a, a taste of meditation when I was in um, college. And uh, at the end of the karate class that I was <laughs> devoted to, they would have a time where we would sit in what we know as Vajrasana and we just close the eyes, very little instruction, and there was something about it that I just totally resonated with, and um, 
then the next um, semester there was a kind of student-led meditation group and I was, you know, the first class, there was like 40 people and then, you know, one of the um, students led this meditation <laughs> and then the next class there were five of us. <laughs> <laughs> next time there was like a solid three of us that would meet a couple mornings every week um, but there was something about it that it just felt really um, like soul healing and really restorative and um, deeply healing um, so uh, again I didn't really have a lot of instruction but I just knew that that, that was something that I wanted to do and continue with at that um, point did yeah. you have an understanding of like why it felt so I healing, or is it just like this feels good? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. I don't know what this is. I mean, I, I heard that meditation was like you know, was a good thing, mm-hmm. but you know, this was you know, I don't know, not quite 30 years ago, but close to it. So there wasn't as much as there is now, mm-hmm. and um, so then I was about to graduate college, and and I was like very interested in like I'm gonna be a farmer and learn how to do sustainable ag and all awesome. this stuff you know and, all this, and but I don't want to be just a hired hand I want there to be time in my day to be able to meditate and there you know long story short I ended up at this um, Buddhist meditation center where they had a uh, farming apprenticeship <laughs> so I dove right in I just dove in and um, there I was living at this you know Buddhist meditation center and I uh, realized I definitely didn't want to be a farmer, um, but the, this meditation thing was really right up my alley. So, um, and then I just continued to do other work, but meditation was always part of it. And, you know, through the long winding road of it all, ended up um, living in Detroit and um, connected with a, a, a Buddhist meditation center there. And over many years of being involved there, um, was then living there and it was really a, quite a monastic setting and although I was working as a yoga teacher at the time um, a, a, and the yoga teaching was just amazing and delightful um, the meditation was really had my heart um, until it didn't <laughs> It was such a renunciate, powerful um, path of diving in and just, I was, um, we were just in retreat so so much of the year. It was so um, delicious and wonderful. But that particular tradition was um, really taking me uh, to a path where the meditation was, um, I was really not identifying as a f- me anymore at all. Mm. And... Um, separating from family and separating I was mentioning to um, really having a hard time even connecting to my own emotions and my well, own self so that I just at one point I just said I, I said to stop mm-hmm. yeah you know what like what it was about that type of meditation that started this disconnect or it's know, actually the it's actually the tradition it's actually the functionality of that approach to meditation mm-hmm. so um, we were talking earlier and, and um, there's uh, two really main streams of the yoga tradition and one of the main the, the main approach that that has been passed down is the is a renunciate tradition that says when you go in very very deeply into meditation and into the yoga, then there is a disidentification with the individual self. Mm-hmm. And by the dis- this disidentification with the individual self, then we thereby know ourselves as a universal, as mm. the everything, 
Mm-hmm. And so what this particular tradition did, which is, was very, very effective, was disidentify <laughs> me Whoa. with what it means to be you know, this person. And then what I found is that although I love meditation, I was actually getting less and less happy because deep inside I knew that that actually, that there was something about this embodiment in this life that was useful yeah. and that I was so really destined to kind of explore what it means to be in this body as this gender, as this emotional makeup, um, personal person, personality with these kind of desires to give and to um, serve in the world in this particular way. So this stream of, um, of, of renunciate understanding is actually, um, it's not widely understood that that's actually what what either can happen or that, that that's the approach. Mm-hmm. And so simultaneous to that, that stream of teaching in the world is a, um, what's it, had to go underground for a long time, so it really was not uncovered fully to the last like 100 years, mm-hmm. actually. And it was uh, a householder tradition. And the householder tradition says this, um, there, to be a human being, if we're going to live in the world, that we've been given the, this body, this mind, this emotional matrix, <laughs> um, and certain gifts and talents that can serve the world, can, uh, can benefit the world, can uplift humanity, and how then can our practice tap us into the source of that creativity, creativity and that, that kind of depth of wisdom and compassion, and how does that kind of deep dive into that? How do we bring that forward into our life as a human being? And so this is what we call the householder path. And so there are ways of practicing um, uh, um, meditation and asana that can create a separation. And there's there's also ways that can create connection. And there's a kind of a a really, uh, I think, a helpful metaphor. And I was sharing this with um, someone earlier that, um, you know, the the renunciate uh, approach says, We have this individual life wave, right? This is my wave this round. <laughs> and um, it, 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 every life wave is, is made of nothing but ocean, right? It's all ocean. And yet, as a human being, most of us have forgotten that we're part of the big ocean. Mm-hmm. And so yoga and meditation is to remind us of that. And the way that the, um, the renunciate approaches is, is, yes, release yourself, that kind of, the kind of, um, expressiveness of the wave and, and just let it um, kind of merge down into the, the fullness of the ocean and this is how we know our totality, right? And then the household tradition says, <clears throat> let the practices help the, the ocean surge forward into your life wave until it gets so vast and so huge that that's how we know our oceanic source mm. place. I love that. Right? So, de- <laughs> so delicious. I love it. Yeah. So there came a point when, you know, I could say, okay, me as Sarah is going to just be gone, and that's how I'm going to know. But there was some inner wisdom that said, actually, this is not actually your path this round. And I had to leave that kind of um, tradition. Mm-hmm. I take a year, and I had a, um, a Lakshmi Murti that <laughs> I would sit in and it was like signifying abundance and fullness and embodiment and, <laughs> and I just would sit in front of my um, uh, 
you know, sit in front of her with my meditation cushion and just say, universe, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> just, I yeah. don't know exactly how I'm supposed to meditate right now. I'm just going to just sit here and you, just get, you know, guide me. So do you remember, <laughs> I think there's probably so many people who feel that sense of not knowing, like, uh, you know, this feels good and I know this is a path and it's a strong one and mm-hmm. it's, you know, a powerful but I don't know, it, it's not sitting well in me. So do you remember that moment where it's like, I need to make a shift? Oh, yeah. What, what was that moment? Well, I, <coughs> you know, I was doing, um, I was, you know, so invested in the meditation. I was, I was the director of the meditation center. I was, you know, the head of the um, programming and the household and, um, or the temple. And, you know, bef- just before that, you know, I was still very, very, um, dedicated to my yoga and then at some point they were like you gotta just step away from your yoga like just step away and I was like what am I gonna do I felt like I had you know one foot in the yoga (laughs) realm and one foot in the in this renunciate meditation and like at some point like it just felt like I gotta choose so I decided I would choose the meditation and then I realized that yeah I mean I'm loving meditation but I'm not loving my life I was actually realizing that I was getting unhappy Mm. like I was getting more and more unhappy and not actually connecting to that what I somehow knew intuitively was, you know, our innate um, birthright of joy. Yeah. And so I just had to take the leap. I said, you know, I just can't keep going this way. I just can't keep going this way. And so I made this kind of really scary shift <laughs> to say, you know, I just got to step away. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really love meditation, but I just can't do it. I can't do it. So a year later, um, I'm just kind of, you know, okay, universe, what you got in store for me? <laughs> <laughs> my um, closest friend, who's also a, um, a yoga teacher and uh, Ayurvedic practitioner, and she um, <clears throat> she called me up. She was at a training with one our, with our teacher, our yoga teacher, and she said, "Sarah, I found your meditation teacher. He's doing a course, and you just got to sign up. I need your credit card." Interesting approach. Well, I trusted her with everything, you yeah. know, she, she, yeah, I trusted her. And so I did. And I, I said, okay, I'm going to sign up for this course. You know, here's the, you know, there are three retreats in it. It's a year, you know, year course. Um, I hadn't met the teacher, but I trusted her. And, and that was, um, Paul Mahler Ortega, mm-hmm. who, uh, um, it's blue throat yoga. And that's who I learned Nila Kanta meditation yep. from. And, um, that first, um, weekend retreat. Um, I just sat and just tears pouring down my face as he articulated renunciate versus householder for the first time for me. And I finally had words for this deep experience that I I couldn't articulate. Mm. And it was so freeing. Mm -hmm. And so um, I felt so seen and so understood. And um, it was like such this kind of soul relief that there was actually a way to practice meditation that was actually going to help me live in the world optimally <laughs> yeah. been me serving in, in with what I was given this round like to 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 kind of figure out what the work is and how to step forward with it and and have the meditation support that mm-hmm. and help that I didn't have to give up all these aspects of my life to be able to do that work and um, so I, I just I just dove in, and I and I have to say um, the joy returned, and you know this is kind of 
just facilitating all these amazing alignments in my life that just keep growing um, my ability to um, live the life that I always kind of felt like I wanted to live <laughs> that I knew in my heart like I uh, that person that I knew in my heart that I wanted to be yeah. and then it was just helping me step in and abide in that part of that was my deepest heart so I this is you know as you can tell I'm very passionate and very <laughs> in love with it and 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 um you know it got to the point where you know I was like you know you know, this is actually s even more important than my asana teaching. So why am I just teaching asana? Like this seems a little like I'm I'm like holding back like the best parts. <laughs> That's not so. I, I un underwent a, a teacher training to be able to teach this to others. And um, you know, I took the long road. You know, usually takes you know, you know, five or six years. But you know, I just stretched it out. I have a kid in the middle. You know, like <laughs> it was like, you know, like ten, eleven years. But um, so this is you know something that I. I just think just supports life and supports joy and yeah, yeah. it's like there's this beautiful um, metaphor of um, you know bow and arrow and if you want to you know shoot the target you can't you, you can't just like hold the bow and the arrow and just like let go like the arrow just drops to the floor mm -hmm. so if you really want the arrow to hit the target if you want your life to just you know kind of you have this vision of where you want, you know, you have this vision of how you want to be embodied in the world, what, how you want to just like show up, how you want to experience the world. Like, you actually have to draw back the bow. You have to draw back, draw back into the source of our, our, our strength and our wisdom and our um, compassion and, and, our, and, and like all the things that nourish us and draw back. And when we draw back, we say like into our inner self. And then life just flows out. <laughs> Amazing. Flows out. Yeah. So. So what is so what is this practice like? So how are you sharing this work and this type of meditation with <laughs> with your in your teaching now? I teach it separately from uh, separate weekends. So we learn it in, with in two days. Mm -hmm. It's a two-day um, immersion into um, the approach and the technology of it. And um, so people who are interested, they just connect with me. And um, so I've just been, um, you know, meeting with people individually or I meet with a bunch of people at once. And then <coughs> when we actually learn your, the, your practice, it's, it's, individu there's, it's individualized. So we, you know, I meet together, I talk about what it is, what the practice is, and then um, people, we do a one-on-one. -on -one and you learn your practice individually and then, um, then the, the second day we all come together and just unpack like what's wh what is this how does it work what is the what are the mechanics of this what's what, what's the functioning of the mind so that that meditation is actually working and what is it working on and how is it shifting our life and um so you kind of you know because the mind wants to know yeah. after a while you're mm -hmm. like you know this is nice but like what's it doing <laughs> yeah so we set it up in the beginning like here's what it's doing and you know i think also like if you know what what the mechanics of it are and the theory of the practice, then when stuff comes up, you can recognize, oh, it's not that I'm doing meditation wrong. Right. It's not that I suck at you know meditating and being quiet. Like that's actually not what's happening, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I learned that this is actually you know a facet of what might occur, and um, so it helps the kind of once we understand it, then it helps the kind of cultivation of a steady supportive practice over time.
And then, you know, there's, uh, um, we have a mo monthly meditation uh, group that meets, and there's an online component that Blue Throat Yoga gives of, of monthly calls, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, very uh, full, beautiful um, um, library of webinars and um, uh, talks and texts and yeah. that haven't even been uh, published yet. So oh, awesome. there's lots of support. Can you yeah. context that a little bit? Because you talked about before mm -hmm. how many people, and I think it's true that many people look at meditation and think they have to like cease their thoughts and right. stop thinking. And so this style of meditation is more that it's it's okay and natural to have those thoughts right. and that your mind actually most likely isn't just going to cease thinking at all. So can you context a little bit like what that means of in sort of understanding the mechanics of the mind and, and how that can help somebody settle in yeah. and feel like they're not doing meditation wrong? Because I feel like that's a big piece mm -hmm. in our world mm -hmm. now this is that is people so are true. like, I can't do it. And yeah. so so, you know, we, have, we kind of all know that, like, the mind wants more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's like the parable of the Internet. You know, like, you just, like, you know, search one site and it'll lead you to this one and this one and this one and this one. And you're like, oh, my God, 20 minutes have passed. I thought I was going to be here for 30 <laughs> seconds, you know. <laughs> um, and so the, the mind naturally moves towards more. And we say, you know, there's a, this is, like, kind of what consciousness does. It's like, you know, you turn a light on, what does it do? It just spreads out. It's just natural. And so to try to stop that, mm. then you're like fighting with this kind of very natural process. And, <clears throat> and then the, the main way that we understand the mind moving towards more is in this kind of externally focused world, right? So our, when we wake up in the morning, the eyes open, and we don't have to be like, Okay, consciousness, move outward. See world now, you know. And then, like, all of a sudden, we're like, hello. <laughs> now we like our senses are now moving out to understand the world. It's just kind of it's very, very natural. It's a natural flow. And so then we also say, okay, well, let's look at nature. Everything is a pulsation, mm -hmm. right? We open our eyes, or we close our eyes. There's a heartbeat that goes out and in. The sun rises, then the sun sets. The wave goes out, the wave goes in. So this is just kind of how it is. <clears throat> when we, we look at how um, reality is formed. And so, too, we could say, well, if there's an outwardly flowing stream of consciousness, mm -hmm. well, then there's a also an inwardly flowing stream of consciousness as well. Mm -hmm. But it's, it, it's really hard for us to kind of locate it. And so that's why Neil Conscious is so sweet, because it gives us kind of a very particular tool. But that, that when you, um, um, the mind then turns itself and pivots and locates this kind of inner stream in, then it does what it does. And what does it do? It expands. It moves to more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it moves to more. The mind just wants to move to more. And so whereas the outward stream of awareness, it gets, uh, the more we go out, it gets busier and busier and actually um, we say less shakti or less, mm -hmm. less um, we get less filled with energy. There's a little, it's a little draining. Mm -hmm. And, um, but when we move interiorly, when you go more and more in that direction, there's actually less and less activity, but more and more shakti, mm. more and more energy. And so that's one, that's one part of the um, idea of mm -hmm. thoughts, <laughs> but there's another piece too. So when we move interiorly with a oh, consciousness and awareness and we're just kind of like resting inside of ourself 
even if there's a business in the thoughts, there's some aspect of the mind that goes, oh, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) I like this. This is like, this feels good. And when that happens, because the body and the mind are not separate, they're totally unified. When the mind starts to settle, the body also starts Mm. to get quiet and starts to settle. And when the body goes, oh, finally I can rest, what ends up happening is it starts to heal, Mm. right? And when it starts to heal, it's like a knitting action, right? It starts to knit thing, you know, the the rents and the tears of our being and like the parts that we got like wounds and holes and, you know, it's like a knitting together, it's an activity. And so if the body has an activity, which is now healing, then the mind is gonna register Mm. activity because they're connected. And so that activity we see is, oh, I'm thinking. (laughs) But it's actually actually a good thing because it means there's a healing healing. happening. Right. Yeah. 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 Or like, um, you know, when we're going in, we're going in, it gets quieter and quieter, and then the body rests and there's healing. And then the body goes, you know what? There's a lot of accumulated tension and stress here. Let's just clear some of this stuff out. Mm -hmm. And so as it's clearing it out, then the mind registers that activity and we start with, oh, there's some thinking and there's some thinking. We think, oh, all I'm doing is thinking. No, you're actually not only thinking. That's only just like the byproduct of this deep dive that's actually happening. And when we're in the deep dive, because we're not really used to turning inside, we might not actually, in the beginning, recognize that we're going really deep, that we're actually going into this deep healing space. And that metaphor of, you know, stepping into a, a room that's very very dark and you can't actually see that there's anything there you don't even know there's furniture in there but if you if you hang out in there for a little while mm. and so like if you meditate in this way regularly regularly then your mind starts to acclimate and be able to perceive what you couldn't perceive earlier because the consciousness is able to get more subtle mm. in its perception and so you can see oh there's that piece of furniture there and oh there's this and there's this or <laughs> oh there's a deep rest oh there's a deep quiet Oh, I'm resting in something that feels absolutely delicious. There is some sense of of of, of lusciousness in here, <laughs> right? That maybe you couldn't even perceive before because you could just all you were because yeah. we're used yeah. to you know surface level of our awareness at the thought mind, at the thought you know surface. But you know the the process allows us to move from the surface to the depths to the deeper yeah. depths. And somebody yeah could be sitting there having healing, like having a healing meditation, right. and be thinking. Yeah. Oh, look at me. I can't think. I can't seize exactly. my thoughts. I can't meditate. I can't do it. Right. Well, and right. I love that there's an acknowledgement of, you know, I, I study a little bit in the laws of the universe. So, like, mm-hmm. I love that there's the acknowledgement of, like, the law of reciprocity. Because, yes. you know, the tides, they, they ebb and they flow. The sun rises and it sets. But it doesn't, the concept of, of outward expansive thoughts and then cease. It's like, where's <laughs> the pulse there? There is no pulse to that. Yeah. It's just like yeah. dead. So I love that because it's like, okay, there's the outward expansion and then there's more of an acknowledgement of the inner expansion, which just kind of looks or feels different. Right. But it's not like this dead stop, which I love. Or like <laughs> the idea that like when we're meditating, it's only about going in and staying there. Yeah. But it's actually, no, but actually we go into a deep dive, there's healing and then that Ooh. gets cleared out and then now we can go back in mm-hmm. again. I love and it. then we go back out again. Oh, they're thinking. And you're, then you're like, oh, I'm thinking. Oh, I suck. No. Mm-hmm. It's like you're doing amazing. Then just mm-hmm. kind of just rest into yourself. And, you know, so like we could be thinking like a gazillion thoughts. It doesn't mean that we're not actually having some 
beautifully restorative, deep, healing um, yeah. connection to something really big and beautiful. I love yeah. that. And in our world, the minds are so busy. And so for me personally, I love that there's also this acknowledgement of the mind and its capacity to to work and to to function because to dive in it's you know in a perfect world it's easy or it's not easy but in a perfect <laughs> world it would be nice to go from this outwardly expansive place to calm and like peace at a you know at a moment's notice but our minds are so trained to be busy and outwardly expanding that i like there's that part of the practice, there's this acknowledgement of it. So it's like, okay, mind, this is what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I'll give you this analytical process so you can just relax a bit so I can try to settle into <laughs> this new way yeah. of being. And, yeah. you know, that I think is huge for someone like me and in my own practice. I need to pacify the mind a little bit mm -hmm. with the, the process and let yeah. it know the process. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, but we do better, I think, when we... We have a sense that we know what's going on. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It feels Otherwise it like we creates like safety. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I then agree. my nervous system can be like, okay. Oh, right. right. Oh, That's right. what's happening. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, of course, once, once you're more willing to trust, you know, trust in the universal process, then, then it becomes maybe a practice of, okay, I don't need to to give that safety net as much, but especially diving in to start, it's nice to have because the whole body can just relax knowing the process is safe. Right, and yeah. kind of know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I think there's something about, too, about the sense of allowing, allowing mm. the mind to be okay, that the allowing the emotions to be okay, mm -hmm. you know, that their presence does not negate our spirituality, <laughs> our <laughs> spiritual experience, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, and so it, it's what's coming up for me is like in yoga and in the body, as we move the body, you know, a lot of times we'll enter into a stretch and a posture and be like, you know, enter in gracefully. So we're almost letting the muscle know what we're doing mm. before we really drop in. So it's uh, like, why wouldn't we do that with our mind beautiful. too? Yeah, oh, I love so that analogy. Cool. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So good. So, okay, so we dove into kind of your background, and so then now you found this new way, and you found this new approach, and maybe five or six years turned into 10 or 11 years mm -hmm. of that process. So kind of fast forward a little bit, what, what is your practice like now? Or what are you working on or working with or studying now? In um, the meditation or meditation and yoga or all, all of it? All well, of how, how mm -hmm. has all of that history and all of that process kind of funneled together to create more present day in what you've been working with and doing? Yeah. So um, <coughs> when I first started teaching asana, um, it was a number of years after I had been meditating and... Um, I uh, first learned in these kind of um, uh, kind of very strong, athletic, um, sweaty, strong mm. classes, and I was an athlete, so this was like m you know my cup of tea. I was also very flexible, mm. and so many many years in, and also I was like a kind of a uh, 
<laughs> tough gal when I was young. So I was like, you know, in construction for a while. Oh, nice. I, you know, waitressing with big heavy trays. And so, you know, a couple of years of like kind of straightening my body and like um, doing yoga. And I really had no idea about alignment. I was just, you know, moving strongly. Then I had this big back injury. I had this huge issue with my back where, you know, it was like one time it was, <laughs> here's what happened. In a workshop, and we we're doing dropbacks, and I could do them, you know. But, you know, you get a little like when you're in a workshop, you're like, yeah, I really do it. And I remember like you're dropping back, and and I heard this big pop uh-huh. on the way down. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like and I saw I literally saw s- stars. It was like, oh, this is actually a thing. Yeah. Oh my god. And I like I lo- lowered myself down. I was like, hey, I wonder if I'm okay. I I, I wonder. And I just took a few moments and then, you know, realized, okay, I can still move around. All right, I guess that was just something. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> so how old were you at this point? Oh, man. I think I was probably um, 29. Okay. Yeah. Was it bad? Um, <laughs> what happened? It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I It took, you know, um, a couple of weeks for it to that can really kind of settle in. But I, you know, I actually was in constant pain. Always, I, I couldn't forward fold. I couldn't back bend. I couldn't twist. Couldn't stand or sit or walk without excruciating pain. And you know, I was a full-time yoga instructor. Yeah. You know, and I was like, "Dude, what am I gonna do here?" You know, um, went to a lot of chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> that was helpful. Um, I, yeah. And then one of my teachers from this, um, you know, this particular style he had been studying um, with the founder of Anasara and which was a lot of alignment based mm-hmm. and when he came into town I was like oh you gotta help me man you gotta you gotta help me figure this out so at the time that he was there I only had time for one session with him and um, and he and his partner who I still consider my one of my teachers now um, he was able to give me some tools that I was able to then um, put into my practice. And I could only practice at home because I couldn't do the stuff that was in a class. And I set up a you know, mirror so I could actually, uh, you know, I couldn't even feel what he was telling me to do. So I had to see it with my eyes. And, and um, it took, gosh, and then he came back a couple times and I always have a session with him. And um, it took maybe six months and I was well enough to go see his teacher in a workshop. And then um, I was able to kind of learn more and more. And then through that practice was starting m- my healing <laughs> back to yoga. <laughs> I was doing yoga all the time, but I was like, I was like, oh, side stretch, I can do that, yay. <laughs> and then slowly building myself back into asana again. Now that tradition is called Amasara, and that tradition um, is philosophically based on the householder tradition mm. of which Buddha yoga is based in yep. also. So um, so I was kind of <laughs> doing this simultaneously diving into Anasara while also doing this kind of renunciate practice of meditation. That was like the two <laughs> feet in the opposite <laughs> right. canoes going, my sister, my mother. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I finally left and I started doing Yilakanta meditation, it was like just really helped me um, flesh out some of the 
initial understandings of the philosophy that was set forth in the Anasara path. Mm. And so this, it's really kind of stemming from the kind of same um, philosophical um, fountain of, of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, and so, so since, since then, I, um, you know, there's a, there's a point um, uh, where I kind of left Anasara for a couple of years and then I uh, recently came back to it and um, and delighting really in being able to weave more of my understanding of the kind of filled out uh, understanding of the philosophy now because I've been studying with the Blue Throat Yoga um, tradition for so long. And um, so now um, uh, I'm offering the Anasar teacher training and that's one piece and that's just absolutely thrilling and and deeply satisfying and uplifting. Um, in the in the work that I'm doing with Nilakantha meditation, I'm a, a teacher, uh, authorized teacher of it of Nilakantha meditation, as authorized by Buthro Yoga, and so I'm doing that. Um, you know, maybe uh, having a weekend every other month with, with different people who are interested, and. Um <coughs> really I excited about you know the the work that we're learning there and so i'm i'm actually excited to um i've got ideas f uh, to bring forward this next year uh, it's called the what i want to call the foundational tantric study series uh foundational uh tantra s uh, uh, textual studies so you know diving in and, and sharing just on an introductory level the shiva sutras which is mm -hmm. a foundational mm -hmm. text of this tradition um the pratabhishnahardayam or called the splendor of recognition that text spending uh, maybe three three um uh s classes or sessions on that one and then maybe the final oh, wow. one i have in my mind is the vigyana bhairava tantra sometimes known as the radiant sutras and just giving like oh. a little oh intro so people yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so the um there you know there are ways of kind of just introducing people to the foundational um texts of the the tradition and this approach and i think that that's kind of my next kind of interesting delight there yeah and um and then continuing to do the work of teaching meditation and teaching anasara yeah yeah, so kind of putting Incredible. it all together. And you kind of <laughs> gave a cool um, off-air explanation of, of why texts can be so cool. And I think yeah. for people, one of the things that I love about this podcast and my ho our hopes for this podcast is that it reaches people who are interested in diving deeper into yoga um, and learning more about philosophies and texts and, and all that. So like your analogy in terms of it, it can kind of be a little bit of a guide of understanding like why you're enjoying yoga or wha why like how this stuff is happening. Um, can you talk a little bit about like what the texts have done for you in your practice and why you've become so fascinated with learning about them and reading the sutras and all these, the Bhagavad Gita and all these Mm. Books. I love it. What did you call it? It was it's a honey of a honey of a text <laughs> or something. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm gonna know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's talking about. I said that about um, the Bhagavad Gita, which is a text that, like, when I first read, I was like, I just couldn't stand it. Actually, I really was so angry at it. Uh, yeah, have you ever had that experience? I'm like reading the, 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 the sutras. I'm like, this it. is crazy. Who would read? Oh, I'm so mad at it. And, uh, you know, thank goodness I kept at it. And, you know, because <coughs> I, I, I read it um, and I started to really see that there, there's so much renunciate approach to it. But the Bhagavad Gita was written at this very interesting time uh, in history where there was the, you know, classical yoga is kind of is, is there, but there's lots of seeds of the Tantric Revolution or the Householder Path as well. And you've got Advaita Vedanta in there and all the Vedics. Uh, 
I mean, there's like, it's like this kind of mishmash of <laughs> all these different streams and philosophical approaches. And so like, at some point you're just like, oh, oh, but that's that point of view. Okay, that's fine. And oh, oh, that's that. Oh, that's that. I like that point of view. And it's, a, you know, it feels a little weird going like, oh, I just like this part and not this part. Unless you start to see like, at that point of time in history, who are they speaking to? What is the kind of base understanding of the philosophy at that time? And then we know where it springboards into. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and when you when you, we look at it from, um, uh, you can look at it a couple of different ways. We can look at it um, like, okay, yes, I mean it's absolutely um, to householders because talking to a great warrior, <laughs> Arjun is the the main protagonist. Um, so it's people living in the world doing you know the work in the world. But he's, he, you know, the, the text is, is speaking at a level of action in the world, mm -hmm. karma yoga path. Yeah. It's speaking to, um, you know, how do we live skillful in the world, the Gano yoga path. And it's, it's also um, saying, like, what is your, what's your truth? What is your work in the world? What is your duty in this lifetime? You know, it's like really speaking. Um, to all these different parts and like how do you connect to love how do you connect to your heart how do you take that deep abiding love for humanity and 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 just pour it everywhere and recognize that that this is the source of our our existence and so we kind of like kind of call these three um, pieces that are braided through the text and start to locate oh there's the devotional strain oh there's the part that's calling me to my deep inner work and <laughs> my work in the world and here's that part reminding me not to take um, you know the um, uh, uh, um, what's it called? The <laughs> fruits of the actions too oh, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there, th there's a lot of real juicy, juicy <laughs> stuff in there, and particularly, you know, steeping into these deep inner spaces of meditation. Like I read it from just a very different understanding. It's like the the, the text just starts to reveal layers and <laughs> layers and layers of wisdom. It's so. Thrilling, really. It's a honey. Yeah. It's, it's a, a honey, it's a honey of a text. I had it's a couple honey of a text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I think the other texts do that as well. You know, um, one of the things I do when I teach um, the text, particularly for the ones that are like really common, like the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, like there are so many different translations of that, right? And, there, and, and Bhagavad Gita, there's like a gazillion. Mm -hmm. And I actually like it when everybody has different yeah. texts mm -hmm. because, you know, inevitably there's like, you know, one or two lines where that just piss people off. Can you say <laughs> that on here? Yep. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. On <laughs> Go for it. One or two lines that like is really <laughs> like, oh, I don't like that. And, and then I'll, and I'll say, okay, well, who's got a different translation? Will you read the translation from your text? Mm -hmm. And it can be said completely completely different. Yeah. Mm. So like for example, in the Bhagavad Gita, um, there's one text um, that's really, it's a easy easy to read, easy to access, but very renunciate <laughs> in its approach. So whenever it talks about meditation, it always uses words like concentrate mm -hmm. and one-pointedness and, you know, focus yeah. and I all this stuff. That. I'd be like, oh no. my God, I was just like, <laughs> throw this book away. Ah. And then there's another um, text that I use and it talks about um, aligning one's um, <laughs> inner flow with the great stream of the wisdom. I'm like, okay. And they're talking about the exact same thing, yeah. Yeah. but from very different points of view. And so the translations coming from different points of view, right. so you know, show really 
what, what the author's view is <laughs> rather than just like, oh, here's what it means. You know, so, so that's a really interesting way to understand really the history of, of um, the philosophical kind yeah, of it's evolution. Fun to read too. different styles and get like a yeah. feel of like, okay, it could go both ways. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also fascinating to just look at hum humanity yeah. and being like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> so many like different perceptions out there. Yeah. Yeah. So we finish our podcast with three seeds because we're seeds of awakening. So Great. We want to get our last strips of wisdom from you. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the, the, the quick questions. For okay. Um, so one is, what is your favorite book to recommend or gift to friends, if you have mm. one? Oh, that's changed a lot over the years. <laughs> a lot of books I've recommended. Um, but I think people who are interested in what the householder path is, what that tr what that uh, deep foundational um, philosophical stream is uh, from uh, it's called it's, uh, from the tantric revolution that kind of happened like 800 900 CE. Mm -hmm. um, there's a book by Christopher Wallace called Tantra Illuminated. Yes, I just heard about him. Yeah, yeah. He was recommended to me recently, so I'll have to go read it. Yeah, so we have the book. Um, oh, here. at the studio. That's great. Yeah. Perfect. And <laughs> right here. We're going to get it right before here. we leave. That was yeah. quick. <laughs> Unless it's already been sold. But um, it, it really gives um, this great insight into this particular um, tradition of, uh, and, and view of yoga. So I think that's what I would recommend. Awesome. Yeah. So our second question. We, we used this question last time, and I just, I love it. So if you were to have a billboard and you could put anything you oh want yeah. on this billboard, what would the it billboard say? The, the whole world could see, yeah. translated oh. to all languages. So it's like Easy on every like on every highway <laughs> across the globe. <laughs> what would I say on a billboard? You know, a couple words, maybe a picture. Maybe a paragraph. Remember you're part of something bigger. Remember your part of something bigger. Remember your part of something bigger. Maybe. So investors, yeah. uh, <laughs> billboard investors, <laughs> any yogic <laughs> investors out there, we're going to need that on a billboard. <laughs> awesome. The last question is fun. I actually think I know the answer because you mentioned it, which is if you weren't a yoga teacher, what would you do? Oh, what would you, what would you say? I've been trying to think about that for a long time. I thought time. you were going to say construction worker. I oh, gosh. <laughs> no way. No, no. That was, you know, yeah, I tried that out of my... <laughs> my late early 20s and I was like yeah I'm good um boy I, I don't know you know it's so funny you know as dedicated as I am to yoga it's like I can't think of anything else I want to do that's pretty good but there's so many there's so many times I was like I'm done I can't do it anymore yeah you know it's like there's <laughs> yoga yoga is it's like turned into a whole different animal you know and it's so interesting the way it's, it's changed and sometimes it's, it's changed so much there's so many there's a great change, but there's also a lot of d challenging changes that have happened now that it's gone so mainstream and mm -hmm. and the stress is, you know, it, it's pretty intense. And I've actually thought of leaving it so many times. And and yet, you know, like, I really rack my brain and think, well, what do I want to do? Like, this is what I want to do. That's <laughs> 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 what I want to do. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It could also be a dream profession. Yeah. Well, you know, like the, your superpower that you don't know you have. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, 
I don't know. I mean, because I think, you know, that's a, kind of a, that's a hard question, man. I know. You thought it would be easy, it. man. But I feel like, you know, <laughs> with yoga and meditation, you can really go any direction, you know. Like we're doing this, you know, community outreach stuff, you know, through Community Matters. Mm-hmm. And it's like that fulfills that part of me that's like I need to give back. I want to, like, you know, do something philanthropic. I want to, like, live, leave some kind of legacy, even if it's, like, you know, just for a year or something. Some seeds were planted that, you know, gave you know ripples of generosity out you know so there's that piece and then there's the whole like relational interesting issue of like you know the kind of captivating (laughs) stuff about what it means to like you know understand the psychology of the mind as we relate to each other well I'm doing that so many so much in my work you know and whether it's one-on-one work or you know in the training and um, class dynamics you know and then there's like the whole like of spirituality and then there's a whole academic piece and then there's the whole understanding physical and the whole science piece and then you know when I start moving and we start moving and feeling the artistry and the kind of like artistic quality of things like that's in there too so I mean I guess I could just go any direction with it you know I mean I like the idea of like you know maybe doing some stuff online you know teaching classes online that sounds kind of fun you know and (laughs) you know you know I've got plans of you know somebody to teach you know in a cool country soon you know that'll yeah. be fun you know yeah. and like doing stuff, stuff that like you know is um kind of being out there exploring the world that sounds fun but um <laughs> so i don't know i yeah, I, I don't really know I if i'd switch I it right now i'm pretty into it you're into it yeah good yeah I like parenting perfect. is an in, in in informed by it you know yeah. <laughs> you name it yeah i meant to ask you about this so it's gonna be one final question all right and you can maybe just touch on it quickly but you do a lot of cool stuff here in Providence. You do Community Matters. I know uh, this podcast will be released after Project Fearless uh, collaboration. But is there anything you want to talk about in terms of like the Community Matters things has been really cool. You've done a lot of really amazing things for the community here and just supporting some good foundations like Project Fearless as well as um, with Community Matters. I know you've used this studio to generate so much help for certain families and you know, immigrants in here. So is there anything you want to mention about that? Because I thought it was such a cool project. Thanks. I think it came from, you know, I, for so long I needed um, some deep healing and I didn't have a lot of extra to give, you know, away. Like I think a lot of people come to yoga because there's something, we just need, we just need to like kind of fill up again, you know, but yoga is so good at that (laughs) (laughs) that after a while we, we have not only filled ourselves up, but now we've got extra, we've got lots of energy. And then, you know, I was like, what do I do with it? And I actually tried to like, okay, well, I want to, you know, volunteer somewhere, but it felt kind of hard. I couldn't find, you know, like a place to land and a place that really resonated. And I was like, well, why don't we just, let's make it happen here. Cause I don't think I'm the only one having a hard time plugging in. So, um, you know, I had this, you know, this idea and I brought it to Joan Pryor and, and, uh, she was like, well, I'll, I'll get you some people to work with. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jan Anusha came in my life and, and, you know, the vision was, um, how do we make it easier for people to know the nonprofits that are in the community and make it easier for people to volunteer with them? or if they've got extra money or time, or to just educate people about what amazing things people are doing in the community. Um, And so that really was the birth of of Community Matters. And so, um, you know, it's kind of evolving. It's only like a year and a half old, maybe not even. And um, so who knows how it's gonna evolve. I mean, it'd be cool if it, you know, 
it branched from being housed and supported by All That Matters and then also kind of keep it growing maybe to other yoga yeah. communities, yoga studios to say, you know, as yogis, we have a lot of resources and we have a lot of um, energy that we could put out into the community and let it spill over, you know, this kind of, Beautiful. you know, we connect to the heart, but there's then we give back because we're completely intertwined with each other. Yeah. So, you know, we've been blessed. We've, we've connected, we've so far, we've worked with people um, in the, um, with Project Fearless, with Day One, with Pawtucket Backpackers, with Women's Refugee Care, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and, um, and more. So um, we're looking forward to continuing that work in the community. And it's, uh, you know, always looking for people who are interested in, in helping and um, offering their own resources so awesome yeah thanks for asking yeah, about it thanks for doing it yeah i'm glad you mentioned it because i didn't want to forget it yeah um, yeah lastly you you have um a website but is there what's the best way for folks if they're interested in this or if they're interested in taking yoga with you doing meditation with you joining the community matters like what's the best way for them to find you figure out what you're doing all of that good oh stuff. Oh my gosh, well there's a lot of ways what because you know we're like, you know, hooked age up, right? Yeah. The age of <laughs> ways of connecting, but you know the the my email is sarah s a r a d for davidson <laughs> and flanders. So sarah d flanders at m e dot com I think is the easiest way to just ask questions or connect. Um we have um want to know about community matters. That's community matters r i Dot com okay. and my personal website is um, fullradiance.com yeah Sweet. yeah so there's ways to connect with yeah. me there so mm -hmm. we'll link both those awesome. sites in the show notes but thank you so much thank for you doing so much oh it's been so fun it's been really it's fun awesome. <laughs> 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 thank you thanks for letting me talk about stuff I love it's so good <laughs> anytime yeah. thank you host along with me Kimberly Jacobson she's back um <laughs> we just wanted to say thank you for listening thank you for supporting us yes thank um, you so much it is really cool to see this podcast start to grow and um we enjoy making it a lot and we enjoy doing interviews with people and we have some fun ideas for things we can continue to do if it's something you like we don't um do anything outside of sharing it with friends to promote it so if it's something you like and you can share with people that's that's really amazing also subscribe uh, subscribing subscribe and, and leave us a review if you can it's really really helpful and we'd also love to hear from you so you can now find us on a, on instagram at seeds of awakening podcast so mm -hmm. hit the follow button if you like and feel free to shoot us a message if you have any thoughts or comments suggestions we'd love to hear from you yeah and we have some fun things planned so yeah. um stay tuned Bye. And we've got some great, great episodes coming up. And we know we're a little late on this one. But from here on out, it'll be every other, other Wednesday. Bam. Talk to you soon. Bye.